This NFC West win totals and preview edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a free shot at one million dollars in total prizes. For this weekend's UFC 252 contest, that's promo code SGP to get a free shot at one million dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, and MLB back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co promo code SGP20. Finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. This is Jerry Glanville, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. We're both swagged out. We're both here to talk about football and we're joined by our, by our Lord and savior. Danger Russ himself looking over our shoulders. Danger Russ is here in studio up on the screen to break down the NFC West. We got a jam packed podcast. We'll talk Rams, Cards, Seahawks, and of course, the San Francisco 49ers. But before we get there, Kramer, time time for a little tout. I know we tout, don't tout, I know tout, we don't tout. normally mention it, but on the PGA Championship we rarely tout preview podcast. I gave out Colin Morikawa at 35 to 1 over at mybookie.ag. Hopefully, you hopped on that as uh, our boy Colin just dominated the PGA Championship. It was one of the more exciting majors I can remember of recent time where <laughs> And, because <laughs> and I, obviously pretty exciting because I won a bunch of money, but there were like six guys that oh, were minus ten man. there for a long time, right? Ah, you love when six guys are trying to stuff it in the hole. No, I mean, look, it was a it was a good team effort. Uh, you brought up the caboose. I got the weekend. You got Jason off. Day, first round leader. What was it? It was fifty, 50 to, to one, but he was tied. I so. had to split it, so it was twenty five to one. But I mean, you want to talk about a profitable weekend? Betting on the old links. Oh, hell and then yeah. on top of that, I threw out a DraftKings lineup that six guys made the cut, cash thirty or thirty five dollars. You know. Not Ka-ching. so bad. But we're here. We're here to talk about football, Sean. We are here to talk about football, of course. Make sure you check out our new NBA gambling podcast feed, available on Apple and Spotify, as well as our NBA no. soccer or sorry, soccer gambling podcast, available on Apple and Spotify as well. Uh, you clip, have a hard time saying that. I understand. 
Oh, that soccer that were connected to soccer. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's never going to be easy for Sean to. That ad- is a disgusting act. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's my it, love of content. The number one is right now world, superseding huh? my hatred of soccer. So I I'm burying that for now. Number one sport in the world. You're welcome, Ryan. Why are you doing this on a legit football podcast? On a real football y- podcast. You brought it up I'm when people are listening to this podcast. Right. I don't know if they realize, but when they're listening to this, it means thirty days. It yeah. Exactly thirty days. Is that what it is? Till the National Football 30 League. Thirty days. Well, and Sean, I, the reason I'm spitting facts, and I apologize, because I have all these, and if you're watching on YouTube, all these beautiful handwritten notes, lots of facts about the NFC West upcoming. Facts only. We have a uh, color. We have schedules with <laughs> color coding. I mean, it's a serious lab setup right here. I got I got my my four screen setup. Three of the screens are paper with They're pen analog. On them. I am analog right here, and it, it's the National Football League, Sean. Well, and, and shout out to Ward Sharp. I I I, <laughs> I like digging through his stuff. Oh, but, hello. But really, uh, what's great? I mean, he had this tweet, yeah, this video oh. of Russell Wilson that he he randomly came across. I guess it was a couple of years ago. He he tweeted it out, and it caught a lot of steam. The the I mean, it's worth watching because it's just like Russell Wilson walking around in his house, kind of in selfie mode. But the audio is pretty amazing. Uh, let's let's take a listen to that, Ryan, before we get going. I'd here. say this: the, after watching this video, you will have more questions than answers. Hey guys, uh, Russell here. Yes, the typical boring. Yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. I'm real, robot real exciting. Russell. Yeah, I'm real exciting. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, you gotta be unlimited. You know, you gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you, you know, what you're thinking about or what you wanna do in life or where you wanna go, you gotta be unlimited. Tell them I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Who brings you motivation, Russell? Mr. Unlimited. Who who's your role model, Russell? Unlimited. Who's your go-to person for advice, Russell? They think Pete Carroll. They think this person. Think that person. Love you, Pete. But it's Mister Unlimited, Tom. <laughs> oh my God, that's so amazing. We gotta, we gotta get that as a drop. I don't know which version of him saying Mister Unlimited, but be uncommon and bow down to Mr. Unlimited, Mr. Unlimited Kramer. What do you think about your bankroll in 2020? How's it going to look? Unlimited. How many, how many locks are we going to hit in 2020? Unlimited. How many three team teasers and multi-leg parlays are we going to hit in the 2020 NFL season? Unlimited. I like how he was trying to sound cool and just <laughs> He's I, a corny fucking dude. I love Russ Wilson, hey, but robot, robot Russ here. Yeah, he's a robot. Ah, reminds me of the Fox robot. Shout out to Cletus and shout out to mybookie.ag where the winnings are unlimited. When you use that promo code SGP, you get a deposit bonus, a hundred percent, which is pretty much unlimited. Over at mybookie.ag, use that promo code SGP. Of course, NBA tipping off. We got a daily NBA picks podcast. We got free daily MLB picks. Of course, the golf God himself, myself just gave you out. Colin Morikawa Kramer hot off the Jason day. First round leader, the free picks, the free content just keep piling up. And all you gotta do is take all this free content. We're giving you use that free deposit bonus over at my bookie.ag. 
And then you, sir, well, up uh, 97% of you are yeah. sirs. Your bankroll will become unlimited over at mybookie.ag promo code S G P. Joining us online, host of the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast, Brandon Schultz. Brandon, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for calling in. Hey, happy to join you guys. Yeah, and uh, happy to have you on. We just uh, we just played the Mister Unlimited clip in case uh, people had missed it. <laughs> I, I was I was hanging out on the C, uh, the Seahawks subreddit. That seems to be a big talking point. Everyone's embracing the uh, Mister Unlimited nickname. It, it's one of the more fun clips I've seen in a while. Man, we were embracing that clip probably two years ago on our <laughs> Seahawkers podcast, and uh, so it's kind of fun to see it come back up again, and then also to see Cable Thanos, you know, put his spin on it afterward, and uh, and really, you know, put it out over Russell Wilson's channel, and uh, it was it was a fun time. Well, I mean, he is. We joke about it, Sean, but definitely one of the guys who has made us a ton of money over the years, and a guy that we always find. I don't often, we don't find ourselves rooting against Russell Wilson very often. No. And, and certainly he's had a great run as a starter, always up there with double digit wins. I think, what was it? Uh, 2017 was the only time he didn't win 10 games. And even then they went nine and seven. So remarkably consistent. And I even wrote down a strange nugget about the division over the last five years, the Seahawks have won between nine and 11 games every year. Every year, consistency. That's Russell Wilson. Meanwhile, every other team in the division has had a season where they've won 13 or more games and lost 12 or more games in that same five year stretch. Yeah, no, it's crazy. The NFC West has been real up and down, and uh, the Seahawks have just been kind of a beacon of consistency here. Coming off their season last year, 11 and 5, their win total was only set at 8.5 easily went over that as they do every single year. I, I, we were shocked last year when it posted eight and a half. It's like, there's just a a formula between Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. They're going to get you nine or 10 wins every season at the least. I I think, you know, Pete Carroll in particular, a lot of the data nerds, the analytics people pull their hair out because he keeps running the ball. He doesn't, he doesn't go for it on fourth down. I think he's one of the lowest uh, fourth down percentages. I think it was like 10% since the uh, since that Super Bowl loss on going forward on fourth down. What's your take overall on the on the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era? And are you frustrated with Pete Carroll? It seems like a lot of Seahawks people are, but they kind of put up with it because of his consistency. Well, I'm a fan who grew up watching the Seahawks back in the 90s. And so I, I remember the really rough quarterback years. Uh, in fact, I even kind of strayed away from the Seahawks for a while, as as my dad taught me to uh, like Emmett Smith, and so I started rooting for the Cowboys. Oh no! no. Kind of look back on, <laughs> yeah, I know he's he's like, watch out for this Emmett Smith guy; he's going to be good. And then so I started watching him, and then I liked him, and then yeah, it, it, but it got me through the toughest years of Seahawks football. But then I came back, uh, especially like as soon as they switched over for Mike Holmgren, uh, was the time I I was really on board with the team and. That uh, so going through the rough years and then getting to Mike Holmgren and just having a, a stretch of success under him and Matt Hasselbeck and the Seahawks going to their first Super Bowl and then getting a taste of what it's like to have Jim Mora Jr. as a coach for one season uh, <laughs> before they go back to Pete Carroll. I think that was just enough to remind me of the terrible 90s years. And, and so it's really 
you know, you talk about the success of the team just over the last short time with Pete Carroll, but really it goes all the way back to Mike Holmgren. And ever since the Seahawks came into the NFC West, it it feels like there has been just a lot of success. And so I, I do like Pete Carroll. I like him and Russell Wilson, the pairing. Yes, I do get frustrated because I'm a guy who likes to I like it when my team gets up by 10 points or more in the first quarter or the second quarter. Yeah, you know, you, I, I like going fans, into halftime with a lead and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen with Pete and, and Russ. Yeah. Seahawks fans must have uh, have an ulcer going on. I mean, even though you're in so many one score games, he, he pulled it out. I think there were 10 and two in one score games, four and zero oh in field goal games last year. Now, normally that's a, uh, a sign that they're going to kind of regress, but they've seemed to have still hit those double digit wins in spite of you know, like the year previous, I think there were five and six in one score games. So even though they are playing all these, uh, these close games, they, they still have that, that level of consistency. And, so, and you mentioned the halftime lead one, one other quick nugget here, the Seahawks, They've they've been on a, a run of twenty seven and two when leading at halftime since two thousand sixteen. But Which last is insane. year, yeah, last year they they had to play from behind a lot, and Wilson had you know these crazy come from behind victories, and he was certainly in the mix there, especially the first half of the season for MVP. And their oh, last, guys, you know, it's uh, to interrupt you. It's even better than that. For you, you bring up the halftime score, if if they're leading by, I think it's four or more points under Pete Carroll, the streak is. 55 and zero. I I know they haven't lost when leading by more than four points of the half, which is why it's so frustrating to see them come out last four playoff losses. Sean halftime aggregate score, 81 to 19 second half score. Well, they came back 70 to 38. It's just, I mean, I would imagine, and I am kind of an honorary Seahawks fan. I've won lots of money on them dating back to when Russell Wilson disappointed after the loss to the Atlanta Falcons down there in, in Georgia said we got to do better. We immediately went to the window, bet on Seahawks plus 1200 to win the Super Bowl the next year and, wow. and he came through for us. Uh it just it's got to be so frustrating to watch like even when we we were uh, calling simulated Madden games this summer uh <laughs> as if it was real football but it was just the computer playing the computer and even in the video game they they try to run the ball. And I know they have great running backs, but it's like just once I want it, like I would imagine the fan, and I'm, maybe I'm just asking, like, is that the internal feeling? Like, God damn it, let Russ be Russ in the first half. Let Russ cook seems to be a catchphrase, from yeah, what I can tell. Seems to be, fans. Yeah, that's been the mantra in the <sighs> off season. You know, I've watched some of the games, and it's not like it's it's just so conservative. It's not like they are are trying to force to run the football. It's just. There's there's so much just of Pete Carroll just playing that conservative game and and I recognize it from the Holmgren era too because it, except it was a little bit different the the Seahawks under Holmgren would they would get a lead and then they would go into this conservative mode and other teams would eventually come back into the game and then it would be so close at the end too and so there was there was the frustration there too I it is frustrating though to know that. Pete Carroll hasn't quite figured it out with Russell Wilson as to the ways that they can, because they recognize they're able to come back in the second half. And it's not like they, I don't know if they love playing that way, although it, it makes me feel that way when they do it so often. But I, we go back and forth on it all the time on the shows of, of how does this, you know, trying to figure out a way of, of why can't they make this happen? And it, I don't think it's as easy and as an answer as, throw the football more in the first half, because you look at some of the the run and pass splits 
And it's not significantly different because they're usually passing the ball so much in the second quarter, trying to uh, you know run their two minute offense leading up to the end of the the second quarter. So I it, it's it's frustrating as a fan. I and uh, and I guess the the good part about it though is that I can look back on these three years and after losing Richard Sherman, after losing Earl Thomas and Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, these last three years have been really a rebuilding of the defense. And so they've gotten through some of these tough years now. And now it feels like with the addition of Jamal Adams, with Quandre Diggs, you're getting him from the Detroit Lions and, you know, the emergence of Shaquille Griffin as a Pro Bowl corner. It kind of feels like now with Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright still as the linebackers. Now you're kind of getting back to some of the, the, the strong type of defense that Pete Carroll was used to. It's not it's never going to be the level that it was in 2013, 2014, 2015, but it's starting to get back there. Yeah, and, and it's impressive that they've put they brought in these pieces, especially when you're considering you're paying your quarterback $31 million. I mean, much easier to do when Russ is on that rookie contract and yeah. he's making like the league minimum, but now they've figured it out uh, even when they're able to pay even when they're paying him 31 million. So, yeah, transitioning, they brought in Jamal Adams, cornerback Quentin Dunbar who was on the uh, inactive list, but now he's back. He's been cleared. <laughs> Apparently, it was all just uh, DeAndre Baker. He must have ratted him out. That's not a good sign when two guys are in trouble and then all of a sudden oh, one guy's one completely guy. cleared and and the other guy's facing ten years. So who knows what happened there? But uh, Dunbar is able to play now. And then they they Jamal they, Adams, big time pickup, huge pickup. Yeah. They signed. They brought in a couple tackles. Brandon Shell, Cedric. Uh, Agaboy, uh, nice, nice try. Cornerback, yeah, our <laughs> uh, uh, center, BJ close. Finney, edge rusher Bruce Irvin, Craig Olson, interesting signing there, bringing him in on a one-year deal, seven million. Who'd they lose? They lost Quentin Jefferson, edge rusher Ezekiel Anza, uh, tackle Jermaine Afaidi, uh, Josh Afedi, Gordon yeah. Afedi, yeah. Uh, Gordon tackle George might, might not be lost. Who knows? Yeah, jo- Gordon's who's always kind of like kind of lost, always, but maybe not hey, lost. Smoking my weed. <laughs> he, uh, I can't really count on him at this point. <laughs> although, man, what a what a frustrating career because ah, he was so fun to watch. So talented. So that's kind of where they're at, and and the fact you're right, the fact that they have this kind of connection now of of Dunbar. Uh, Jamal Adams, uh, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, like the defense, first, the seems- first round pick. Who knows what he's going to contribute year one? I mean, yeah, and, and maybe the, they lost Clowney, or it doesn't look like he's going to resign. He he still hasn't signed, but uh, maybe the defensive line not not a lot going pass rush wise, but the the defense should be pretty solid. I'm very high on uh, DK Metcalf, especially in fantasy. I thought he had a great connection with. Uh, with Russ through most of that year and especially that second half. And then even in the playoff games really performed well, the offensive line continues to kind of be suspect, but the uh, you know, I mean, you got Lockett, and uh, like I mentioned, Metcalf strong, pretty strong, decent can argue running this is backs. His best. This is his best. Uh, we- the most we- weapons he's had around him in a while. And then right? kind of yeah. the tight end group is is getting pretty interesting. I, I love your take on this, and especially for fantasy players out there, they bring in Olson. But now Disley had a really good season coming off the injury. He he looks to be a hundred percent. And then even Luke Wilson floating around. What do you think happens? Like if you were if you were going to draft one of these. Seattle Seahawks tight ends in fantasy. Which way are you leaning here? Oh gosh. Well, the thing with Disley is that he has flashed so well in the few games that he's had with Russell Wilson. He's a go-to option in the red zone for Russ. 
And so I mean, if you're just looking at, at the ability to score touchdowns in fantasy, I would be looking at Will Disley, especially if, you know, you're, you're looking at keeping a guy on your roster long term. Uh, I, I mean, Greg Olson, a great player, too. But I, I think, gosh, it's it comes down to do you believe that a tight end can be snake bitten three seasons in a row with Will Disley because he's had these catastrophic injuries with his knee and then his Achilles and he is able to bounce back from these injuries seemingly well I will see how he comes back from the Achilles it was really nice to see that he wasn't on the the PUP list coming into training camp so I I'm really high on Will Disley actually and and part of it is because he's a Montana guy like me so um I if it were me picking I would pick Disley but you know it could just be me going with my my heart on that one Kramer, anything else you want to throw out there before we uh, start breaking down the schedule? I'm just simply like, I think there's a couple, a couple just pure regression angles to to look at with this team going forward. Last year, uh, once again, win total was too low. They overperformed. Uh, they were a lucky team looking at uh, expected wins versus actual record. They outperformed by almost three wins. So on one hand, you'd say, well, whoa going to regress. Now, on the other hand, they're going from having the second hardest schedule to what DVOA projects to be the, the 27th hardest schedule. So uh, this could be a team that kind of regresses two ways and ends up somewhere where they might be where they should have been in the first place, which is probably right around nine or nine and a half wins. So I think just purely from that, when, when I look at the win, which we're going to get into this right now, but when you look at the win total of nine and a half, it's like, finally, they've made it, made us at least think about this, right? You have to make a Russell Wilson win total at least nine and a half, but preferably 10. And we'll get to this as we go through the schedule. But the other thing I would point out is, I mean, essentially the whole football outsiders chapter on the Seahawks is how impressive it's been that the Seahawks haven't been more impressive in spite of having <laughs> Russell Wilson essentially. Yeah. And they, they point to some of these quirks about like how much they do like to run the ball, but it's kind of skewed because Russell Wilson runs the ball and how they have had a relatively trash offensive line, but really quarterbacks have more say over their offensive line sack rate than the offensive line itself typically. So does, is he running into sack? You know, is he trying to make a play? Uh, but but what it all circles back to is that at the end of the day, this is a team that has a, an offense that ha- has provided him with more weapons and a better offensive line than he's had in the past five years. They have a defense where they've plugged some of their glaring holes from last year, which is basically secondary depth, mm-hmm. and and the and the last part being, uh, I think for the first time, like maybe they see that they, like i wonder like what is pete carroll's window like at what point is this like guys we we won the super bowl for, was it 6 years ago yeah no it's it crazy it feels like it shouldn't be 6 years ago but like they they've kind of missed out on a window and and i wonder if they feel that in the building because that to me that's that's the angle here coming in well and and, and you know uh, brandon was mentioning the, the way they've kind of rebuilt the defense i mean certainly the young talent dk metcalf on the offensive side so maybe they are primed for another second run. They're an interesting team. Like they're a team with like a bad offensive line that wins close games. Usually they're a team I like to fade, but, but Russell Wilson's, you know, as a gut handicapper, I gotta, I, my gut is to always kind of ride the Seahawks team. Let's, let's walk through the schedule. See where we got them at. Oh man. Oh, all right. At Atlanta, back to the scene of the crime from many, many moons ago. New England at home, which who knows what they're going to be at this point. Dallas at home. 
at Miami, a bit all over the place. Always a little worried to see Seattle have to travel to the East Coast. I, I feel like we don't. What time is that game, Sean? That's are you a, are you worried about uh, Seattle traveling I, I, to the East Coast? Is it a stupid tab? Tell undo this taboo thing in my brain because I I always see them in Carolina not covering and winning by two or something <laughs> like that. Well, see, you know, as as a fan, I'm generally not paying attention to the spread as much as as looking for the win. My apologies. So, <laughs> I don't know if I can I can go based off the spread, but uh, in terms of their East Coast wins, I, as Seahawks fans through the Holmgren years, we got conditioned to them losing uh, any East Coast start, whether it was an early start or a late start. Generally, the early starts were almost guaranteed losses. But I think they're on an eleven. Eight, they're either Ooh. on an eight or an eleven game winning streak when playing on the East Coast right now. So perfect. Pete Carroll's he's kind of figured out this East Coast travel thing. Now this year could be a little bit different because the NFL has talked about changing the way uh, allowing not allowing teams to travel on Friday, and so that that could be something to watch for for this year. But I I do like the fact that they've got a streak going on these East Coast games. Oh, all right. Yeah, so I, then with those first four, then. Call me bullish, Sean. Four and four? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go three and one. I, I'll go three and one. Yeah, I'll go three and, and one. And I on do. Those first I, four. I. I am with you, Kramer. I do think that Dolphins spot, not necessarily maybe because of the East Coast thing, but with conditioning being kind of weird in this season, and I think heat and humidity in that early October game uh, could be an issue. And and I'm slightly higher on the Dolphins than most, so that could be a sneaky game, or, yeah, or maybe right. they drop you're one right. to the Cowboys or Patriots. But I love them against the Falcons Week One and. Yeah, I think three and one's pretty good for over them. the last five seasons. The Seahawks are 50, 29 and one. They are only 16, 13 and one in their division, which means they got to win these out of division games. They got to rack them up. They it's an arms race next four. Minnesota bye week early bye week. I don't know how I feel about that. If I'm a Seahawks backer at yeah. Arizona, San Francisco and at Buffalo. I mean, I'll kick it off here. That's a much tougher run there for them. I got them going two and two in that four game stretch. I'd say two and two is probably fair. I think the Vikings is a win because it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. <laughs> yes, love it. Great, great angle there. We always love yeah. bragging on him, on him in prime time. Uh, at Buffalo, I I think that's a win. Arizona, that game can be freaky uh, with Arizona, but generally that's a win. Uh, on the road in Arizona, it's it's when they come to Seattle that we tend to have a tougher time uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, gosh, I wish they didn't get him in the offseason. Uh, and then the 49ers, which I, I'm expecting them to to turn down a little bit. That's a, a game at home we have. Uh, we're closing out in San Francisco. I, I still think that they could go three and one here, but two and two is probably a, a better conservative bet. Uh, just thinking that they'll be, you know, like a five and three at the halfway point. I'm also going to two and two. I think they, I think they dropped the game in Buffalo, not classic non-conference road sure. divisional sandwich spot, Sean. Yeah, definitely. And then I, you know, I, I do think they, they have, they're going to lose a divisional game here. Like, like I, I just, even if the Seahawks have a great season, they, they probably split the division down the middle, maybe four and two next four at Los Angeles at the beautiful new stadium. Will that, it, that should it, be complete. We'll are see. Are they definitely going to play <laughs> there? I could see one more StubHub season for both the Rams uh, and well, the Chargers. No fans, so it doesn't really matter where they play. They could just pick a <laughs> random rec field. Exactly. A- Arizona on Thursday night at 
Philly Monday night football, Sean, your Eagles. And then the giants at home. Well, that's that's your giants are going down. Classic Kramer FML. The giants <laughs> finally come to Los Angeles. Or I'm sorry. This is Seattle. And yeah, that, that's, that, that's, you can just pencil that one in as a loss um, <laughs> for the giants. Yeah. For the giants, okay. right? Reverse jinx. Uh, I, I think uh, this is another two and two stretch for me. I'll give them, I'll give them three and one. I, oh, I think, yeah. I think, uh, I think they'll, they'll lose one of the Rams Cardinals or Eagles games. And I think they'll, they'll go two and one or sorry. And they'll go, uh, they'll win the remaining. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see it there. I mean, the, the the division, like you pointed out, with that great stat, it is, it's always a little more competitive in the NFC West than you would think, even though they they've had some dominant teams in there. Brandon, what do you what do you see this four game stretch going? Yeah, I see I see wins over Philly and the Giants, and uh, I know Philly fans are really excited to see the Seahawks again. <laughs> uh, they really have season. our number. Well, uh, <laughs> well, you guys don't have Genevieve and Clowney, so you'll have to find a new person to. Uh, do you have a dirty head on Carson? Don't Wentz. worry, Carson Wentz goes down easy though. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about that part. Um, <laughs> Montana so, guy, I, I think you're right. I Montana, think they, that's, that's so close to North Dakota. You gotta love. You gotta love a guy from North Dakota. Come on. I I do well. You know, actually, there's kind of always been a Montana North Dakota rivalry, but no, I, no. I do like Carson Wentz a little bit. So yeah. So two and two. Um, I I do think that they lose one of the divisional games too here again Ooh. between the Rams and Cardinals. But if I had to pick a game for them to lose out of this three game stretch. It would be the Cardinals at CenturyLink. Oh, wow. So three and one. I like it. Yeah. Last four, Sean jets at home at the Washington professional football team. Got to remember. I got to write that down so I don't <laughs> screw it up. The Los Angeles uh, Rams at home and at San Francisco to close it out. Uh, it, it feels this feels like where I say three and one. Yeah. I'm also going three and one. I, I think maybe they lose one of these division ones. But uh, Jets and uh, Washington, they should they shouldn't have a trouble. They shouldn't have trouble with the Jets at home, or even in Washington. Uh, even though Washington has a, has a pretty decent front seven against that Seattle O line, I think Russ still pulls out a victory. So three and one for me. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, we, we start to look at strength of schedule, and it's always toward the end of the season that it's kind of tough because you never know what's going to happen in terms of injury factors and and whether a bad team last year is going to end up being good. The, the Jets are one of those teams that were, you know, kind of okay last year. They could end up being good. Ron Rivera could revitalize the football team. And uh, I think, you know, with the with the 49ers kind of, I think, coming back uh, from their Super Bowl loss and and that hangover and uh, the Rams kind of, I, I think they're going to have another down year too. I, I do think it's three and one and I like a, a six and two finish to the season for the Seahawks because historically they do finish kind of strong. Uh, last year was uh, you know, that they didn't do so well last year, but a lot of that was because of injuries. And so I, I'd like a, a six and two finish here, three and one down the stretch. And it could really be any one of these four teams where you look at that one loss, because like I said, who knows if the jets end up being good or, you know, same with Washington, who knows? Yeah. I mean, the jets still do have Adam case as their head coach. So I think that <laughs> will, do. that will, that, that will could, that certainly... could change by the end of the season. <laughs> You're right. Maybe, maybe they bring in a new coach and they're, they're playing for him. You know what? The jets really need an interim head coach. <laughs> this, this head coach is killing him. Sean, we all went 11 and five. And that to me, I, I know it's kind of, you know, just repeating that same record well, that they have last year. But I, I think They've made a bunch of gains on the defensive side, and yeah, why not have them going eleven to well, five again? And let me finish because uh, plus two fifty to win the division, plus eight fifty to win the conference, plus seventeen fifty to win the Super Bowl. 
if I'm looking to get involved in a team from from a conference perspective, maybe, but I think to me the division is where it's at. Yeah. Them plus two fifty to win the division is just extremely disrespectful. I understand the 49ers have a loaded roster and just want just got there. But as we're gonna talk about later, Sean, there's plenty of reasons to maybe think that there's uh not a ton of confidence in sustaining that rate. So when you're telling me I can get Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and this Seattle team plus two fifty. Well, to two me, and a half to one. I, I think even it, wrong price. Plus, it should be plus one fifty. It, it feels like much closer to a coin toss than than two and a half to one for the Seahawks to win the division. I mean, you remember last year, like it it literally came down to a play with inches at the goal line as yep. to them winning the division and getting to twelve and four. Instead, they're eleven and five. And the basically what there. this is saying is that the Seahawks win the division like 29% of the time. Feels like it's closer to 50, 50 right now. I'm not as I'm not like on this cards, dark horse train to, to win it all. But uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get into that when we break down the other teams, but certainly looking at Seattle plus two fifty when we give out our locks at the end of the podcast, Brandon, any, any sort of uh, any sort of super bowl bets you're making or to win the conference, anything like that jump out at you. Yeah, well, in terms of the division, you guys are right on. There's two tiers of teams in yeah. the NFC West, and it's it's between the Seahawks and 49ers for that first tier, and then the Cardinals and Rams are fighting out for the second. And I I know the Cardinals are this hot pick for this season, but I I just don't see the additions that they've made on defense that are going to put them into that kind of competition with Seattle and with San Francisco this offseason. So uh, in terms of confidence, in terms of conference, th- this is going to be a fun year with the addition of the extra playoff team, isn't it? Um, I I do like the the Seahawks, especially if they're winning the division, to uh, to make it a little deeper in the playoffs, and and maybe we see an NFC Championship run out of them this year. You know, I would love to see it because when the Giants get eliminated, the, my favorite team to pull for. <laughs> Is the Seattle Seahawks? <laughs> well, and uh, our our friends over at we've had success in that giant stadium. That's one of my favorite stadiums to play in. <laughs> that yeah, was an awesome Super Bowl for you guys. They the our friends over at Odd Sharks have the odds uh, to make the Ooh. NFL playoffs or miss Seattle a very intriguing minus one sixty five. Oh, especially no, when you wrong. consider that's wrong that that seventh playoff slot. Sean, so. can you dial up the uh, the the money guy? <laughs> Tell him to, to release all my cash. Unload an investment opportunity on Seattle to make the playoffs minus one sixty five. Brandon, appreciate you calling into the podcast. Where can people check you out? Yeah, check us out at uh, SeahawkersPodcast.com, where you can subscribe to at the Field Goals Podcast at SBNation.com slash NFL Podcasts. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brandon. Appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, talking DraftKings. The hits. Literally keep on coming from one MMA event to the next. Tons of excitement, tons of anticipation. UFC 252, no different. Two of the most, the sports' most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. No better place to get in on all this action than with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports. For this weekend's fight coming up, DraftKings is offering new users a free shot at $1 million in total prizes. Again, if you've never done the fantasy MMA, very easy to do. You know, your standard pick, pick six fighters, stand on the salary cap, all good there. And again, new users use that promo code SGP, get a free shot at $1 million. 
We're big DraftKings players. Of course, you heard the PJ Championship <laughs> podcast. Kaching, kaching. We included uh, Colin Morikawa, amongst others. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a free shot at $1 million in total prizes for this weekend's UFC 252 contest. That's promo code SGP to get a free shot at $1 million with your th- first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This man, a king in his own right, the editor over at SportsGamblingPodcast.com and host of the newly lo- newly launched NBA gambling podcast, Ryan McKee. Ryan, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just uh, I'm in Arizona right now as we speak, living it up, talking to my dad and brother about the Cardinals getting real excited for the season. And of course oh. I, I, I forgot to include Ryan rich fat baby oh, McKee. Thank didn't wanna, you. Didn't want to miss for- that out. For my proper name, I appreciate that. So, really diving in on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon, so much so you've left the state of California to join the Suns as they. This is really fun, though. Suns undefeated in, in the bubble, five oh and zero, right? I, you know, I I couldn't have asked for a better start to the beginning of uh, NBA gambling podcast for. Oh man, uh, you know my. It, the picks have been tough, you know, it's been all over the place in the bubble, but every time I've bet on the Suns and won, they've not only <laughs> won every game, they've covered yep. every game, which is even more impressive. Only team five and zero against the spread and straight up. I Where mean, can't ask for better. Oh, I don't actually look at straight up records. So that's what I meant when I brought it up. <laughs> well, oh, here, thank here, you. Yeah. Here's the thing with the Suns too. If they go eight and zero in this bubble, they should just let him into the playoffs regardless. If Draymond, you go undefeated in the bubble, they yeah. need Draymond's getting fined for talking oh yeah. shit about trying, Booker. Trying to recruit yeah. Booker or get him out of Phoenix. You got you gotta hate that as a Suns fan, right? Oh man, uh I am now called Ryan Fuck Draymond Green <laughs> McKee. <laughs> I like it. My He's, new name. It's got a target on him. All, All right, right, Sean, let's you did talk it again. Cardinals. Back to football. Let's talk Cardinals. Here's yeah. my big my big thought on the Cardinals. They're they're a little fun, got a little frisky, bringing in the big name receiver. What I'm worried about, McKee, with this Arizona Cardinals team is I'm worried, and I'm sure you're gonna hate this comparison, but I'm worried Uh-oh. that this year they're going to be the last year mm. Cleveland Browns because they they got the second year quarterback who closed out the season with like a decent little a little bit of hype. They bring in the big name receiver for the Browns. Uh-huh. It was it was the boat trip himself, of course. Oh, Odell Beckham oh. Jr. Tons of hype. I gotta know. In has, fairness, DeAndre Hopkins, other than Bill O'Brien thinking he's not a good locker room guy, seems to be a good guy. Seems to be much better than Odell Beckham. I think what is going to decide it is: Has Kyler Murray done an inordinate amount of commercials? I haven't seen oh. any yet. <laughs> but McKee has has he been blowing up in the commercial circuit? He is not doing a lot of commercials. Great and, son. Uh, personally, uh, I gotta say, you know, I am I'm married to a woman from Cleveland. Oh. I, I I'm deeply ingrained with the Cleveland Browns fans, and I am so horribly offended that you would put <laughs> us in the same, even the same remote bucket. I mean, that is ridiculous. Cl- Cliff Kingsbury is nowhere near the Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens couldn't coach his way out of a Pop Warner League. Well, if I can interject, are you real talking quick. about Freddie, the Freddie, New York Giants? Freddie Kitchens coach. <laughs> was coaching in the NFL in 2018 when Cliff Kingsbury was getting fired from his college job. So 
That is that's yeah. worth noting. I but look who's a better head coach in the NFL. Clearly Cliff Kingsbury. Small Cliff. sample size. I am I am on the side of the Cardinals, but it is a small well, sample size. Well, who still has his job? Cliff Kingsbury. Well, also, I mean, exactly. Freddie Kitchens moved on to greener pastures. Now, now you have a guy, Cliff and Kyler, two people with not one real yep. name between them. <laughs> I mean, Cliff K L I F. It's two dog names, right? And Cliff, of course, came out, and I like this about Cliff. He admitted mm. that is he kind of staged his draft setup, including having the fireplace going in hundred degree Arizona heat. So I appreciate it, honesty and and. To his credit, what I hate about coaches <laughs> is when they have no room to adjust. And Cliff even admitted that he kind of got cute last year in his first year, not practicing their real offense in the preseason, then kind of rolling it out in the first game. I, I appreciate that honesty. And they kind of adjusted as the season went along. They started out in tons of 11 personnel, no tight ends, but then they ended up doing a lot of like 12 personnel. They ended up getting the tight ends involved, kind of moving to a little slower pace partly because they had a bunch of injuries at the receiver position. Again, great to bring in uh, uh, Deandre Hopkins, but Kyler, Kyler Murray running the ball seemed to be a huge, a huge reason for their success. Sean, Sean, they still had four or five wide receivers, 33% of the time. Number two, Jacksonville at 8% of the time. So they were still very heavily skewed towards the air raid. I, I think it's yeah. fair to but, say, but at least they dialed it back a little bit. Uh, well, in- they, and, and Sean's right. And uh, not to cut you guys off, but I want to go back to, <laughs> we saw, that's the great thing about cliff Kingsbury. He's very humble and he admits when he was wrong, he admitted, we saw him adjust in the very first game. Remember when we were all in Vegas, the, the Detroit lions jumped out way ahead of the Cardinals. It just yeah. seemed like it took the air. It was one of the last games of the day. We had been in a uh, Westgate casino no, watching fatiguing. all the it's games, fatig- <laughs> having a great time. And uh, it, you know, it was one of the last games before the night game. And it seemed to take all the air out of that. I go, oh, this is just going to roll. The lions are going to roll all, <laughs> all over this Cardinals team. Cardinals adjusted at halftime, came back, tied it up, should have won it. He admitted he was too cute in his first game. That he was trying to do too many things. He was. He did a great interview on uh, Ryan Russillo podcast, admitting that he was wrong. He is starting over. We are going to see a totally new Cardinals team this season, and it's going to be outrageous. Well, let, let me get. I mean, <laughs> I, I I kind. I'm you know honestly. I went. I'll be honest, Sean. I, you know I'm often honest. But this time I'm going to tell you I'm being honest. Okay, appreciate that candor. Thank you so much for being honest with us. You're just trying to be fully transparent right now. Yeah. First thing it. you say when you're not going to be transparent. Uh, I actually went into this thinking I was going to shit on the Cardinals, and I, I kind of came out the other side not thinking I'm going to shit on the Cardinals. But it started from last year, right? I thought I was like, well, it, it felt like they should have won more games. I look at the numbers, the adjusted wins nine or expected wins were sorry, six instead of the five, 10 and one. So not that crazy. The tie could have been a win, whatever. But then I look at that strength of schedule, third hardest strength of schedule last year. And you named a lot of other reasons why uh, as a fan, you're, you're excited McKee. I'll throw out a, a massive regression indicator. Now it, it, it has happened where teams get mired in multiple year injury slumps. But Arizona has been the two-time, two-time Sean leader at adjusted games lost to the offensive line. Congratulations! That's not a stat you want to be number one at, but it's also an indicator that regression has to be coming. Right? Injuries are generally 
nothing more than luck and they will normalize over a larger sample size. I know yeah. I lost you there, Sean, for a second. Cause I'm, I'm using numbers. I'm saying things like adjusted games, lost to injury. Oh, I, I, I'm hearing you. I, I think, and I'm I telling hear you him glaze over actually. He, he's playing blackjack as we speak. Yeah, uh, I so, get it. so there are some for participating in the sports gambling podcast. <laughs> so that that's one reason to think, well, maybe there's some positive regression coming along with the tough schedule and the less wins than expected, but they did have a massive jump. Their offense got way better. And that's one of those things where you have to figure out, is this going to happen again? Or is it going to slingshot a little bit? Kramer, uh, I'm looking over your handwritten notes in giant letters. Yeah. There's D hop Kirk yeah. and Fitz, yeah. and, and you're highlighting again, Deandre Hopkins, who I think I'm kind of in this middle ground where bringing in Deandre Hopkins was the, was the right move. I mean, you got salary relief from uh, a horrible David Johnson contract. First off, we didn't even prep this so great. Absolutely great because you took the second half of my point. <laughs> what a beautiful job you did! Because I'm saying they did all of that with Larry Fitzgerald, who finally got his degree. Very happy for him. Congratulations, yeah. Larry and Kirk. And now you add DeAndre Hopkins. You have uh, I, I'm blanking on his name. Is it Isabella? You yep. have a potential He's gonna be in his second year. He's going to be good. So now you look at the four and five wide receiver, 33% split. You know that cliff Kingsbury is a Mike Leach. Hail the air raid system. Colby's still not air raid certified, but he's working no. on it. He's he's on like the 12 year plan. Much like and, and now you've, you've actually equipped this team to run some more of these air raid concepts. Cause to your point, Sean, those areas where he admitted he was wrong, he was wrong because his system was being too rigid to the roster he had. Now yep. he's been able to fill that roster out. And while I'll be honest, I don't love my take about Drake as much from the fantasy show because all that I came out of the research here is how much the running back is going to be involved in this passing game. Well, two things. Uh, uh, one, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is a great addition. You want DeAndre Hopkins on your team. What's However, the, oh, that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the best receiver you want in on your team? Okay. However, I think his. You look at his like over backhanded compliment. He needed to start off with something nice. You look at his over or like his his yardage total yeah. and his catch totals. Those seem really really high, and I think it's gonna take. Kyler Murray a little bit getting used to throwing to DeAndre Hopkins because DeAndre Hopkins is a guy who he's always open, right? Even when he's not open, he's open. Like you have to get used to throwing it to a guy who's clearly covered and trusting DeAndre Hopkins to get open. And in this short season, and uh, like no preseason, not a lot of time to build chemistry, I worry that Hopkins is going to start off slow in the season and hit his stride in the second half of the season. It's obviously a huge Have you pickup. Gotten all the horrible quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> plays. With also, that's a great Texas, point. And he was still awesome. That's a great point. I mean, this is this. The, he's at least Kyler's at least better than Brock Osweiler. Well, I'll say that. But then also, like he, his numbers, like the the under on the uh, on the yardage prop, I still think is maybe the way to go R because they're like having him have the same numbers he had with Deshaun Watson. I think it'll take a slight dip. He can still have a good year. But I think the the over is crazily priced, and really, it, it seems like a big correlation to them winning is letting Kyler run the ball. And we saw in these Madden Sims, especially when they updated, 
Kyler <laughs> Kyler running the ball was just dominant in every Arizona win last year. Kyler ran the ball for more than six times. My That's favorite part of the preview episodes this year is going to be how in every single episode we reference to what this player or this team did in the simulations that we Come called on. over the summer. I watched so many hours of Madden. I got to get something out of it. Yeah. I mean, you guys, Hey, you, you really did your Madden homework. You deserve to at least <laughs> reference it once a, once an episode. I love uh, the, uh, I love the draft pick as well, because every week in DFS, we would just go, okay, what tight end is playing the Arizona Cardinals immediately throw them in the lineup. Well, and that's the, that's the last piece of this argument of why the Cardinals could be set to regress. Do you want me to talk about it? Or do you well, want I was going to finish my point, okay. but Isaiah Simmons, the the athletic linebacker they drafted, should help in the pass coverage of the tight end. Well, I mean, they can't get worse. We know they can't get worse because we we watched every week as we told you to play the tight end playing the Cardinals in in DFS, and in just about every week you were getting a touchdown. So uh, you want I don't know what do you want to talk about the additions and and, and yeah, some, let's get to it because I have more points, but I feel like I'm I'm already talking about this year. So well, I want to say that they've only had one player opt out, and that's their backup tackle. So they're yeah. looking good as far as uh, well a, when you're, a deep roster. Yeah, and when your key loss, other than the opt out, is David Johnson, <laughs> it's not it's not that bad. That's huge. That's addition by subtraction. And then they bring in uh, Devondre Campbell, the linebacker, defensive lineman Jordan Phillips, edge rusher uh, Devin Kennard, and then of course uh, D Hop. That was the huge one. Like what they did in the draft. And again, you have Patrick Peterson kind of coming back in a way because he missed a big portion of the season last year uh, due to the suspension. Didn't have an amazing year. Finished kind of strong though. But uh, and then Kenyon Drake, the emergence of Kenyon Drake, they traded for a midseason. Kenyon Drake, another kind of interesting fantasy guy. I, I think I read he has an eighty percent catch rate compared to the other Arizona uh, running backs that are like fifty-seven percent. Kenyon Drake, though, I'm worried fantasy wise. I think he'll be good for the Cardinals, but I'm worried fantasy wise. Maybe he's a little overdrafted when people are taking him in the first round and stuff because he had those two games that were insane. Yeah. And then the rest of the games, he was like well, solid. Coming back to my earlier point, I think w- one of the things you learn about uh, when you know, when you study the air raid, like I'm sure you have, Sean. Yes. What you know is that on every single play, the running back is running that swing route yeah. or some sort of. Corner route, something where he becomes the third read, and 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 it's just going to happen. I think I think that's what I think that's what he wants to do with this offense. I think he wants to run a lot of stuff where there's four wides and a running back. And, and I, I'm absolutely, like I said, I don't know if I feel as good about my Kenyon Drake. Is definitely not a guy I'm looking to target, even at the back end of the first round. I think well, I'm take, I'm, I would, yeah, I would say just to jump in real quick, I would say. I would caution you against Kenny Drake. Has he ever played a full season without that, injury? That's why no. I don't like him, but I think and, the opportunity will be there. Yeah. And they have great backups to him. Yeah. Chase Edmonds did really well when he yeah. substituted in last year. Jersey he legend. Can, uh, he also got, he's also a guy who can catch the ball. They drafted Eno Benjamin. I, you know, yeah. he's from Arizona state. I watched him all through college. He's really impressive. He's multi talented back. He's definitely a guy to target near the back end of your dynasty drafts. I would say, Ooh, look at that and, going deep. Yeah. And uh, they have DJ foster also Arizona state guy. If he makes the roster, he can also really, he can play receiver as well as running back. So I, they have a lot of talent in their backfield. What, what remind me, but was DJ foster on the Patriots last year? 
He was. Oh, yeah. I had this guy in my FFPC. I was just waiting for him to pop. He's an absolutely dynamic receiver, Sean. He could be perfect for the air raid. Yeah, absolutely. But the last thing I was going to, so the, the other area where I think you, you want to talk, I have some funny, just random regression items or bad coaching items. Perhaps this is why cliff got fired at Texas tech. They were 25th. I think this is more of just an outlier 25th uh, in broken tackles on offense. Yeah. And they were tied for 30th with the Cleveland Browns of all teams, Sean, <laughs> with uh, broken tackles given up on defense. So uh, my understanding of those, those metrics are completely random. So you want to look for may- maybe they're not going to get as unlucky in the, in the broken tackle area. But with the, the, the other piece of why this team is taking a step forward or you least can understand the story. What were they doing last year, Sean? Well, they were, they were breaking in a new defensive system. And we know when you switch from the four, three to the three, four, it always takes Year a season. It, even worse when you've just gone from the four, three to the three, four, and then back again, or I'm sorry, the three, four to the four, three and back again, because your roster's all messed up. So fans, Joseph, Joseph's second year, his defenses were pretty good in Denver, both time top 10. You have uh, Peterson in a contract year. Good he, point. If Food you remember, solid. he missed, uh, he missed a, a bunch of time last year with some PED. <laughs> yeah. uh, he got hit for some PEDs. And as you <laughs> pointed out earlier, Isaiah Simmons sounds a lot like he's going to be the guy that could help fix those tight end woes. So I think when you look at all of these areas, uh, there's a lot of good reasons as to why this team regresses in a positive sense. The two the questions I have for McKee, the fan is one, like, like this works only if, if Mur- Murray can be Watson or, or, or Russell Wilson, you can't run around and take all these sacks. If you're not also going to be dynamic, like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. So I feel like some of his development is just, if he plays the same way, there's a chance he takes a step back. So a, McKee, are you confident that development is happening under the tutelage of Cliff Kingsbury? And two, does it not at all concern you that Isaiah Simmons could be Red the the, the draft pick from a couple of years ago out of Temple Reddick? Well, first of all, I to start with your second question, <laughs> Temple has a completely different pedigree than Clemson. Am I right? Yeah. Str- strangely fair. sized uh, player who doesn't necessarily fit a position has struggled to find a identity in the Here's defense. The, <laughs> here is the problem with Temple is that <laughs> our old Careful. coach. No, our old coach came from Temple. There was a soft spot. I wouldn't. I'm not even going to name his name. Yeah, I wouldn't. He came either. from Temple. And he, you know, I think influenced our uh, general manager a little too much with tempo players. Okay. Clearly, you've moved on. I get it. So I, I've moved on. I liked uh, Hassan Reddick. I thought he was going to be good. So I was, I was way off. There. That's weird. You like the tempo? I player. thought he was too. But you know, I mean, he's still on our team. He could, he could still be a decent backup. Isaiah Simmons. I. I Everybody said that he was going to go before the Cardinals even drafted him. He didn't. They he failed him. That was a that was a great draft. They 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 that's exactly the player they wanted. That never happens. The player you actually want, all the fans want, yep. actually fell to them. They didn't have to trade up, give away assets. That uh, worked out perfectly. He can definitely shut down tight ends. This he does one thing: shut down tight ends. That'd be great. Um, do I think Kyler Murray can be Russell Wilson? Why did uh, Russell Wilson come into 
the league a little later than most quarterbacks. Too small. No, because he was busy playing baseball. Oh, good, good, good angle. What did Kyler Murray also almost do besides playing football? <laughs> play football. Play baseball. Play oh, baseball. baseball. Damn it, I go. got it wrong. That's right. So I think it's a one to one correlation that he's gonna be as good as Russell Wilson. I think in 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 reality he was just busy getting run out of town in NC State for Mike Glennon. Um, and wow. so that's what why a, he stayed a, in college for an extra year. I can't wait to go through the schedule. It sounds a lot like McKee is buying stock in this year's Arizona Cardinals. And should oh, I? I've already bought all the stock. He's already bought all the stock, and I should point out to you, Sean, that uh, as I was telling you earlier, very hard schedule last year, very easy schedule, thirtieth most difficult schedule projected according to DVOA. So I think we think the Cardinals are going to go up, but how much win is, total? Is the kick? Of course, last year they pushed their win total of five. They went five, 10 and one this year. It's at seven and a half. The over is at minus one thirty, plus 100 on the under division plus six fifty. conference. 22 to one super bowl 40 to one. Uh, we, we, we just got uh, off the old horn with Brandon Seahawks guy carefully articulated how the Rams and Cardinals were in a different class in yeah. the division. Very classes of him. So let's go through this schedule and see, uh, see what McKee has to say about that. Cause it was pretty yeah. inflammatory. <laughs> Basically said uh, the, the second class. Of the- who, I don't even know who this kid is and I hate him. So he's much. calling for your name, Brandon <laughs> at, at San Francisco to start the season. The Washington professional football team, two for two, Sean, haven't screwed that up yet. The Detroit lions, at Carolina, you know, revenge spot for Detroit there again, or for for the Cardinals against Detroit. Is it is uh, it a revenge if you're coming off a tie? Yeah. What do they call that? that yeah, but, no, that's a hundred percent revenge. But a pretty, <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll be honest right here, Sean. This is not this is a manageable start to the season, especially when you realize that the they're going to be. Uh, they get the Super Bowl hangover 49ers, a team that they, Ooh, played, they played really well. well against. Yeah, they played. Uh, they lost twice, but a, by a combined total of 13 points in both games. So, no big deal. Just the <laughs> just lost twice by no, only 13 points. Something, something to hang your hat on. That's some bulletin board material if I ever heard it. Don't worry, guys. We only lost twice by the, combined 13. The thing points. to hang your hat on if you're Arizona in those games is both of those games you were plus 20 20 percent on the DVOA. You played two of your best games. Of the season against the 49ers. So they're definitely not scared of him. And we mentioned this before, Sean. It seemed to be that the kryptonite to that defense was a quarterback that can move around a little bit. I'll go, I'll go two and two here for the Cardinals. Oh, I like what you did there. Two and two. Yeah. Keeping it simple. I mean, again, Carolina. Carolina, I'm, what, are, I'm slightly uh, higher than than most. Carolina's gonna Why? be hot garbage. They, yeah, did you see I that don't tweet? Get that at all. They have like their average age on defense is like 23 years old. Two words, Matt Rule. Yeah, I, I know, but you you've been highlighting all offseason about how this virtual offseason isn't going to be good for teams with new well, coaches right. and new players. But, but again, the the Panthers right. people are so down on them. You know what? I, I think I know where my, my man Ryan is going. I'm going in the same place, three and one. Wow. All right, uh, McKee, what I'm are going you four and oh. <laughs> Nice. All right, there you go. At New York Jets. At wow, a three-game road stretch there. At Dallas on Monday night, Seattle at home, Miami at home. Uh, you know, there's some winnable games here. I, I got to imagine they lose at the Jets in some sort of dumbass fashion. 
and and perhaps even at Dallas. I'll go two and two here. Yeah, I mean th- three road games. That's always tough. I'll go two and two as well. McKee, are you going four and zero here again? No, I'll be reasonable. I'll go two and two. So actually, I'll put them at six and two so far. Actually, Sean, I'm going to go one and three in this stretch. I wow. think I think they had a little bit of a bump. They always play Seattle real tough at home. Just saying. Yeah, they're always frisky in the division. I feel like. Yeah. What's the next Buffalo one? at home? At Seattle on Thursday night. That feels like a loss. Bye week. I like the late bye week. At New England, Rams at home. This is just a tough scheduling stretch. I'm gonna say one two and three. And two. One and three for the cards here. This is where they cool off Uh-oh. a little bit from Uh-oh. there. Wheels falling off the wagon. A little bit. McKee, what are you going? I'll go two and two. So I got him eight and four right now at New York giants. That's going to be a tough one. Could be uh, for, for a battle between division winners, perhaps <laughs> Philly at home Sa- oh, Saturday. I'm going to that game. By the way, I we don't could, care if they allow fans. If, I'm going to be uh, there. If college football doesn't happen, there's going to be a lot of Saturday NFL games. Oh yeah. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to slide some of those All over right, to Saturday at, at giants, Philly at home, San Francisco on Saturday and Los the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles to close out the season. Well, this is pretty easy. I, I think they split the division games and they beat the Giants. So uh give me a two and two for the cards, closing it out. Uh this this Rams a very realistic seven and nine. I go uh, three and one. They will. uh, I already predicted a win against the 49ers in the first game. So I will have them split that Mm. they're definitely beating the Eagles in Arizona (laughs) though. Lock that in right now. Okay. So uh, I have them going eight and eight Sean. Okay. You have them going seven and nine. Yes. And rich fat baby McKee over here has them going 11 and five. Yeah, yeah, so I, I'm on the under here, and you're getting the plus 100. So don't feel horrible about it. But certainly, I feel stronger about some of the other teams. It in feels the like you 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 pick their floor. I feel like this team's got some ups. I know. I, I think the I think we didn't really get into enough detail about how the defense could also just be hot garbage again. But well, it is Cliff Kingsbury, and that certainly is something to be concerned about. But he, no, Vance like, as Joseph, you mentioned, Vance Joseph, he's, he's giving him the reins. Jordan Hicks Vance is on the is team. A good guy. But. Jordan Hicks. Why are you hating on Jay? Why are you hating on Vance, man? <laughs> so do you like uh McKee? Do you like any of the futures? 650 to win the division, two or 2200 for the conference. Interesting. 4000 for the Super Bowl. Interesting to see the Cardinals have worse odds to win the division but better odds to win the Super Bowl. Perhaps some of that hype you were talking about uh, or we've been talking about the 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 fantasy team hype, the this is uh, the, this year's Browns hype. Uh, nothing. Well, I don't know why else you would see the larger future market be m- like worse priced than the division. You know, it doesn't make sense other than that. A lot of. I dumb- mean that that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna say that uh, I'm definitely betting them to win the division, but take my uh, advice with a real uh, <laughs> grain of salt. There, you know, I'm I'm all I'm all in on the Kool Aid. I've been drinking a lot of Kool Aid with a little tequila in it, so uh, you know. Just like Cliff likes, I, I uh, you know, I would say like, I think you're right, Sean. I think the totals are t- like I, I would lean over for the same uh, for the opposite reasons you're leaning under, but I, I don't know how strong it is. I will say I thought it was going to come into this pick them to win five games, so I, I was way off in my analysis. I'm glad I did the work. I'm glad I shared my homework with you. 
There you go. It's a learning Thank experience. You, no, no problem. All right, McKee, what can uh, it's the people, least I could do? What can people expect from the NBA gambling podcast feed? What do you got coming up this week? And what do we got going on at sportsgamblingpodcast.com? Well, uh, as soon as I get off with you, I'm going to jump on another podcast with Zach Broner. We're going to pick Monday's game. Zach and I are going to be pretty much picking every day this week game uh, the day before. As far as uh, sports gambling podcast, we've got plenty. We already got uh, Steve Shermer uh, picking the the Wyndham championship for next weekend. So you golf guys just roll right into that right away. Uh, we've got some, uh, us open, uh, tennis bets up Ooh. right now. Uh, Adam, uh, Pelletier has some, uh, fantasy football dynasty value picks. So definitely check that out. Uh, his articles always blow up. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have a lot more stuff coming up this month. As you know, it's all in August, so uh, there's gonna be a lot of content. I heard football uh, or other sports are also happening, but lots of sports in August this year. It's, it's all going down. Make sure you give uh, Ryan McKee, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee, mm-hmm. a follow on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. Ryan, thank you as always. Have a good night. Thank you guys. BetQL baby. BetQL is back. One of my favorite apps to use. Tons of data, public sharp data, all that good stuff over at BetQL. Only app you'll need NBA, NHL, MLB. They're back in action. BetQL helps you out. They got their best bets algorithm, scans thousands of data points, give you a best bet recommendation for every game. And, you know, they're not just blindly throwing out these bets. They give you a reason, they give you a little data. Hashtag show me the data. Sean's a big data guy. Exactly. They got sharp data for NBA, MLB, NHL. See the pros are back and ride them instead of uh, you know. So it's always a good point to fade the public. When in doubt, FTP fade the public. If you live in Jersey, PA, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, they got some exclusive offers there for you as well. All you got to do is head to the App Store or Google Play Store to download BetQL. And uh, if you want to get access to their premium tools, we got a discount for you there. SGP 20, 20% off your first subscription. SGP 20. I see, uh, look like they went 2 0 in their NBA picks today. We're taping it on a Sunday. Tomorrow, Monday, they're a five star pick for the Utah Jazz plus two against the Mavs. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the uh, data. Seems to make sense. <laughs> Throw it out there. It's always uh, show it's me always, the data, Sean. It's always fun to get a little uh, little data, a little analysis, and uh, tons of good stuff over at BetQL. Check that app and grab one of those subscriptions. Twenty percent off, can't beat that. Kramer, moving on to the Los Angeles Rams hashtag. Just ram it. Just ram it. Oh, how do I not have that queued up? Hold on. Come on, Kramer. Dig deep into the archives. Pull no, that I, up. I, th- I'm getting better at this. I'm pretty sure I should be able to just type in ram it. Rams were nine and seven last year. Their win total was a whopping ten and a half. Pretty sure we were both on the under there. Here we go, Rams. This happened. Watch the video, John Fanta. 
cocaine, hell of a drug. Rams, eight and a half uh, is their win total this year, but ten and a half was last year. Oh wait, year. hold on. Oh, you gotta you gotta play the solo. I know how to rock from the toes to the head. When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead. I'm a mountain man from West VA. They call me Hulk and I came to play. I learned long ago to ram it just right. You can ram it all day and ram it all night. The the amount of sexual euphemisms in oh. this song. You, th- you think they were meaning something else when they were saying just ram it? I thought it was about scoring touchdowns, Sean. Not not metaphorical touchdowns. Just ram it. Just ram it. You oh, know, I'm so been, glad that happened. I've been a big fan of shitting on Jared Goff for a long time. I was ahead of the curve. I was on an island, some would say. A Jared Goff sucks island. And uh I was correct. Jared Goff for a while there, Jared Goff was winning some games, getting to a Super Bowl. People were like, Sean, you're an idiot. He's a guy that's in the Super Bowl. And uh, I believe 2019 was the beginning of me being proved right. Jared Goff took a nice step backwards, posted lows in yards per attempt, 7.4, and touchdown rate, only 3.5%, lowest of his career since his rookie season. And this is one, a stat I really love. Goff ranked 35th out of 39 quarterbacks in aggressiveness and his expected completion percentage. Um, Sean. Yes. I. Of course, I, I really enjoy the football outsiders, uh, the prep work. It's it's a heavy piece of my prep work, and they uh, they really just piled on your point. Their chapter they open up with a Hunter S. Thompson quote. Oh, really? Nice. Gambling can turn you into a dangerous two, or can turn into a dangerous two way street when you least expect it. Weird things happen suddenly, and your life can go to all to pieces. <laughs> Referring to the Rams and their push all in. With Jared Goff and a guy on a rookie contract, and what can happen when you when you you miss essentially, because everyone is so starved and hungry to to gain the advantage when they have that quarterback, that when you pull that strategy off, when your quarterback is Jared Goff, now what? You haven't picked in the first round since you picked Jared Goff in 2016. Your team is ru- now. All of that being said, I mean, you could also argue the, that that was just an outlier last year because they were pretty damn good in seventeen and eighteen. Well, and it, it's interesting, you, right? You kind of look at and start crunching the numbers. Yeah, certainly you could make that case. But Goff is is one of those quarterbacks, much like Dakota Rain, where you. I win. think it's disrespectful to call to put them in the same class. Well, I, I think they're in the same grouping in this sense where you win with them, not because of them. So if you put Jared Goff and maybe even throw Kirk Cousins in there. Guys who you give him plenty a great offensive line, great running game, offense like yeah. awesome supporting cast of receivers, and he can kind of run the show as and you're scheming guys open, he can look kind of I, decent. I don't mean to compliment uh Rain, but I, I think if you look at what he did at Mississippi State when he was kind of a one man team, he at least has it in him. Jared, I'm Jared Goff's a pussy who went to Berkeley. Yeah, I I've never seen it in Jared Goff. 2019, I definitely didn't see it. And 
their offense really seems to need to get the run game going to set up the pass, right? Against top 10 run defenses in 2019, the Rams went one and five. Now, when they were going uh, against non top 10 run defenses, eight and two. So they really need to go up against weak run defenses. And in 2020, yeah, they helps. face seven run defenses that are ranked in the top 10 last year. And they lost Todd Gurley, who, I mean, by all accounts, Todd Gurley was kind of a bust. Or, or I mean, I think kudos he's kind to of, them to getting rid of him. They got rid of him. They, but they, they are were able to unload his salary. Ton of dead money. Ton of dead money that they're still paying for. And that's why, you know, you, you don't have Cooks, who, again, not an amazing year last year, but when they were firing on all cylinders in 2017 and 18, Cooks was a big part of it. Like, who who is their big receiver this year? I mean, well, Cooper Cup, I think, Robert Woods. But I think in a way that like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are are like they always just fit better into that system, right? Yeah. They're, they're more willing to block. Like they're they're complete receivers, and I think you now have you know the emergence of Higby. He kind of closed out the season nicely. You still have Everett, a guy. The tight who, ends are playing better too. You like the tight ends. I mean, I think. I think if you like the Rams, your argument is, Hey, uh, last year was the outlier DVOA points that to the fact that they had the toughest schedule. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe they bounce back. The problem is when you look, when you kind of look at the situation, uh, there's more reasons to explain the beginning of the end versus just, just a bad year. Yeah, and uh, and again, Wade, kinda, Wade Phillips isn't coming back. He, by all accounts, he was like a locker room guy. You, who knows what this means now? You've cobbled together this team. What happens now when Goff starts shitting the bed? How, how it's been now a couple seasons since his success. Well, and and they really need a good offensive line, right? Uh, to really fire it on the cylinders with this Rams team, they're bringing back all five offensive line starters, which in this weird COVID season. That's what that I'm looking to take teams that are bringing back their five offensive linemen. It's important. The issue is last year their offensive line wasn't that good. They were 31st offensive line according to PFF, and regardless of where you fall on them, like they just weren't a good offensive line. We saw it in golf's production and his lack of aggressiveness. Well, in the other area that I might have you look at, I've been pointing out injury regression a lot. 2017, 2018, offensive line was healthy. 2019, one guy went through the season and didn't miss a game, and that was the left tackle uh, Whitworth. So, you, I mean, from a, from the perspective of hey, this team could come back, this team could could become what they were before. It just a lot, a lot has to happen, right? They still have Aaron Donald, they have Brockers, who's good, but they, they have Ramsey, yeah, who is still a top-notch quarterback. Um, but they lost Littleton, that linebacker who was really good at uh pass coverage in. So, I mean, I'm looking at, at taking tight ends against the Rams yeah. this year, week two, they, they play the Eagles. So I think Goddard and Ertz could have a huge game against, against that Rams defense who have superb quarterbacks, but they're going to be outside on the receivers. I, I think the middle of the field is how you're going to take advantage of this Rams defense. And I think there's going to be opportunities there, but they do have a good defensive line. I think if you're a Rams fan or a Rams backer, you're relying on the defensive line, you know, Sam Darnold Brockers, some of those other guys, Aaron Get, Darnold, uh, Aaron. Oh, Donald. Yeah, what did I call him? Sam, Sam Darnold, <laughs> uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, look, the more you kind of look into this team, the more you're like, wow. Okay. They, they were nine and seven last year with that, that tough schedule. They had a lot of, there were a lot of things that didn't go right. Jared Goff kind of sucks. They still went nine and seven with a really tough schedule this year. The schedule is easier. 
And but, uh, they, I, I'm leaning the other way. Like I, I think this is the beginning of the end. I think people no, kind of figured out the boy wonder a little bit. And I, I think, you know what the scary thing about Jared Goff is negative 40% DVOA when trailing by one score just doesn't have the mental makeup. No. And I think, you know, sure. Maybe he had, I, I think the better version of, of how to tell this story is he had two optimal years in 2017 and 2018. Last year adversity struck and it went it went bad fast. And I think if you look at the roster, very shallow at the top, right? Very shallow roster. And it wouldn't take a lot for this team to start spiraling again. Well, and they were the classic team that kind of just went all in. They went all in for that window. Yeah. And now maybe the window's closing and you have that huge Ramsey contract. You have that huge golf contract. You have all that dead money from the Todd Gurley contract. And as much as we want to give Todd Gurley shit, he did have 14 touchdowns last year. Who from this running back rotation is going to pick up those fourteen touchdowns? Cam Akers, second round pick, maybe. maybe but he I mean, that's like a lot he, to pick up. Feels like he's going to get overdrafted. I do think that um, the other piece of this, which so a little while back, I, we might have even talked about it on the podcast, but uh, Todd Gurley made mention of the Rams owing him money. Yeah, after he was released, right? Uh, so I made a note of this, like when, when we go to preview season, I want to look into this and, and funny enough, uh, I d- had done a little bit of research, the Rams, it sounds like Cronky might be in some financial trouble. Oh really? So I, I started looking into this and I, did you know about the stadium? The stadium is that going to end up being twice as much as expensive as it was no, I didn't $5 billion dollars now. Holy shit. And the NFL owners put up a $500 million loan to ensure that it gets completed on time. This is not a team that's going to rebound. Yeah. This is a team strapped for cash. They're going to be cutting corners, even though they have a brand new stadium. I, I think the vibe in in the in the building is going to be off. Yeah, it's weird because there's something else going on here. Yeah, and and and, maybe, and the house of cards will come down and maybe really McVay's quickly. A decent enough play caller, and you have. Uh, well, what know. makes you think that? You're the first guy to tell me he's not better than Doug P. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying I, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate there. I, I think Rams, I think Rams could be the bottom of, of this division this year. It, it feels like this is the year where well, the wag. Let's go through the schedule, Sean. But the what, wheels come off, and even the win total kind of foreshadows that it's eight and a half, and the under you're paying minus one forty five. What gives me pause? It's just like a lot of things didn't go well last year, and they still went nine and seven. And that's, a, that's st- a good angle. They still had shitty ass Jared Goff. Yes. They still had a shitload of injuries and no secondary. All right, Sean. For uh, last year, nine and seven, as you mentioned, they went under their win total of ten and a half, eight and a half this year, plus one fifteen on the over, minus one forty five on the uh, on the under. Four four and a half to one to, for the division. Uh, I no appeal to for, for me on that one. Twenty five to one for the conference, fifty five to one for the Super Bowl. It, I mean, that tells the story oh right there. And, and you kind of hit on it. That the, is odd, though, right? In, that in the Cardinals portion, where the Cardinals are forty to one, their win total seven and a half. No, Rams broken. are fifty five to one, and their their win totals eight and a half. I right. mean, there's crazy juice on the. I mean, the Rams, clearly, so. yeah, clearly they're getting some interesting action. Let's walk through it, Sean. First four: Dallas at Philly, at Buffalo, New York Giants. That is not the way you want to start the season. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm gonna say. Well, they definitely beat the Giants, right? We can agree on that. 
Well, I mean, I, I, me, myself, Steve Shermer, a golf expert guy who just won you a lot of money. If you listen to the PGA championship podcast, are you talking about me or yeah, we did too, but Steve Shermer <laughs> and uh, Zach Bronner, uh, NBA guru guy. You definitely want to listen to during the NBA playoffs, along with the great Walter football. You, you can read his stuff over at WalterFootball.com. <laughs> we all think the giants are winning the division. Okay. So I absolutely think the Rams come out. Sure, I'll give him a count. A one and three. I'm gonna say one and three as well, but that almost implies, yeah, I think I think they beat the Giants, maybe the Cowboys, but I'll, I'll go, I'll go one and three here. They split the home games, they lose the road games. Next four, at Washington, at San Francisco, Chicago on Monday night, at Miami. This is an absolutely brutal start to the season. Two and two. Three and it's three road games. That, what, road that is ga- true. what road game are they winning? I think you can beat the Rams. I mean, the, or, I mean, the, I, I, the, the Redskins. Yeah, because what they're going to do is they're going to stay. Oh no, that's a, that's a different. No, portion, they they have to go to the, the West. They have to go. It's really messed up what they've done here. They have to go from Los. So they play a game. Listen to the schedule. Home against Dallas, and they go cross country to Philly. They yeah. probably stay. They're going to stay in the East Coast. Stay the in the East game. Coast. Go play in Buffalo. Go back to the West Coast. Play the Giants. Back to the East Coast to play the Redskins. Back to the West Coast to play the Forty ers and then two games, and then then they're home again. Then they're back in Miami. And then back in Miami. That's like, I mean, honestly, if they, I'm gonna say one, in, uh, I'm gonna say one and three again, right? No, nah, you're. I'll go two and what two. What games but do they and, win? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say. Do two they and beat two. the Bears on Monday night at home? Yeah. Yeah, if Mitch, right. Mitchell's still the quarterback. All right, I'll I'll be optimistic and say two and two, three and five. That first half sounds about right. If they go three, I mean, with the travel. All right, bye week, right in the middle of the season. Seattle at home at Tampa, another cross. Jesus, San Francisco at home at Arizona. Wow, that's tough. Uh, I can't imagine a team. I think they go one and three. Yeah, they're not winning both home divisional games. You know what? Maybe I'll go. I'll, I'll go, go two, two and two. two. I'll go two. I'm I'm trying to be optimistic, but Jesus, this is a brutal schedule. I feel like I need to adjust. I need to give them one more loss over the past eight games. I'll go one and three this stretch. New England on Thursday night at home. Jets on a Saturday at home at Seattle. Arizona at home. So it, t- it calms down to end the season, but even then, best two and two. Two and two. Jesus. So I, what do I got him at? Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'll say, I'll say this. I think whatever happens here, I like the under at eight and a half. Feel pretty good about uh, it. Six but and I, ten. I think you have him six and ten. I have him six and ten. I almost had him seven and nine. I just I think they're gonna uh you know I'll I say, have I have cards and Rams both at seven and nine, but I'll, my hot take for the division is the Rams will end up being the last place team. So Maybe it's a tiebreaker there, or maybe they end up being six and ten, or or Arizona goes eight and eight. But that's how I see it. It's, I mean, a we we don't really know if McVay is some genius if the polish is just worn off. I so yeah, I'm 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 more willing to bet on like what you were saying. This is the beginning of the end, and that it goes poorly. Then, like this is where you say, "Gun to your head." Do they win nine games or six games? What's more likely? Yeah, I mean, or just even simplify more. Do they win nine or eight? Like this feels much more like an, a 500 team or below than, than Classic, certainly yeah. above like a, like a former Cowboys team. 
All right, Sean Kramer, the home stretch here before we do uh, this feels like, I mean, it feels like I'm leaning towards a Seahawks over. Oh yeah. I mean, Rams I don't, don't want to tip my hat, but so far of these teams loving the Seahawks, we're going to close it out for the, with the 49ers in just a second. Want to give a shout out to longtime sponsor of the program, Ace per head. Shout out to Ace. Shout out. Stuck with us through Corona. Because Ace knows. They know. If you want to reach out to people who want to start their own <laughs> sports book, you gotta hang with the sports gambling podcast. And if you want to start your own sports book, you got to go to Ace. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Aceperhead.com slash SGP. Get up to six weeks free of their amazing sports book software. Again. Very easy to use. I mean, if you've ever talked to a bookie, not the most computer literate uh, people for sure, and they can figure out how to use Ace. It's very simple, turnkey operation. Just sign up at that link; they'll get you going. They grade the wages, they set the betting lines, they take care of all the back end stuff. Amazing customer support, twenty four seven. Some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and they have live betting. Amazing mobile experience. They got it all. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Aceperhead.com slash SGP. Sean, what is it for the Rams to miss the playoffs? That's a good uh, that's a good question, Ryan. I'll I'll head over to Odds Shark and uh look that up. The uh miss the playoff, make the playoff odds. They have that uh posted from the other uh other day here. Rams to miss the playoffs? To miss. Miss the playoffs, minus two hundred. Which Ooh. again, I don't know if I mm, feel great no. about that. No, the under is a better bet. Yeah, there's there's a scenario where they get eight wins and get into the playoffs, especially because of that seventh playoff spot. So, I, I don't feel. I'd rather take the just under. I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, don't overthink it. Take the under. Moving over to the San Francisco 49ers coming off their amazing 13 and three season, crushing the over, at which was set at eight. Their new win total set at ten and a half. A huge favorite to win the division at minus one ten, conference plus four hundred, Super Bowl eight fifty. And, and what's the story about the 49ers, right? Uh perfect season, kind of everything everything went right for the 49ers except the uh basically except the Super Bowl or even the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. They figured out how to work around uh Jimmy G. Now you mentioned the wow. Super Bowl hangover, and I, I I've looked at it and it's not quite as strong as I guess in my mind, as I've remembered it, at least as of late. So we'll run through this real quick. 2019 Rams nine and seven missed the playoffs. Again, Patriots are the outliers in these things. Yeah, you just got to throw the Patriots out 2018, 11 and five won the super bowl, 2017 Falcons, 10 and six. They uh, lost to the Eagles in the divisional round 2016. The Panthers went six and 10 Seahawks in 2015 went 10 and six lost in the divisional round. Broncos went 12 and four lost in the divisional round. So it seems to be more about what they do in the playoffs than necessarily their win total. Uh, I'd be willing to bet the only, I bet you the only team that went over their win total that with what you just listed were the Broncos. Well, that's a good point because a lot of these were probably pretty inflated based mm -hmm. off them getting to the super bowl. Here's my, here's my little hot take in the same way that I compared the Arizona Cardinals to the uh, Cleveland Browns oh, okay. and in an insulting I I, analogy. I, I enjoyed that one. Here's another one. Is Jimmy G mm. the next Colin Kaepernick? Whoa. A quarterback whose marketing appeal is greater than his play on the field. A quarterback whose greatest moment may be losing the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Am I on to something, Ryan? You know, it's it's a real curveball. You, you came in through the side door, didn't even <laughs> know there was a door there, but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think everyone, unless you're a fan of the Patriots or the 49ers, you you see Jimmy G for what he is, and that's just a just a guy. It's a baby just, fucking wheel, man. Isn't he? Isn't he just the slightly hunkier Jared Goff? He's ter- uh, he's Tavares Jackson. He's 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 Kirk a gate- Cousins, he's right? A ga- like he's, he's a guy. A, yeah, he's a gatekeeper. He's a guy where if you surround him with a great core, great running game, great offensive line, get him going with the play action. And kudos to Shanahan for calling up these yeah. schemes that make Jimmy G look really good. But when he had to make the throws down, especially in the Super Bowl. Or in the NFC Championship game where they only let him throw the ball eight times, I know the stat nerds are still like he's just being efficient. No, he clearly doesn't quite believe in that quarterback, and there's a reason they tried to get Kirk Cousins because Shanahan, and maybe to his credit, believes he can win with almost any quarterback. Yeah, and I think I think for, I mean, Cousins and Garoppolo are probably fairly good comps. The only difference is we've seen Cousins put up numbers at least. Like yeah, we've we've seen them both choke in big moments. Uh, we've seen them both have success with good teams, uh, but one of these guys has consistently put up numbers. And for as much shit as we give Kirk Cousins, he's still good enough. Like he's overpaid, but he's also earned it. Jimmy G hasn't earned a fucking penny in my mind. Uh, he he's he's strapped with a nice defense, and while the the he the offense clearly took a step forward. Um, Interesting nugget. There, they took twenty over twenty percentage point steps forwards in both offensive and defensive DVOA, which is unheard of. Oh, so you mean from two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen? Yeah, and, and so you have to give Jimmy G some credit to what he brings to the offense. He just doesn't bring the ability to use his arm all that well. He, like he, he does the other stuff great, and you know, as the guys from Boston will tell you, he's super hunky, but. Cool, Kramer. <laughs> now you're getting into F1 and and F1 yeah. racing. Oh yeah, big. And big it time. seems. And listen, there's shout out to Red Bull cashing my uh, my sweet ten to one. If you're a driver, you can only do so much. I mean, like you really have to have an awesome car to yeah. win some of those F1 and to really compete at the highest level. Yeah. Even if you're a great driver, you can help a little bit. And to me, uh, he is a guy who who has benefited from having an awesome car, an awesome team around him. Yeah. And he's he's steering the ship. He's not crashing it into the you he's know Bizarro into the wall. Sam Bradford is what he is. He's Bizarro Sam Bradford. Well, Br- Bradford could never even stay on the field to even steer the ship. He was a guy who even before the checkered flag came out, he's you know igniting himself and and he's the car that st- fuel. He stalls out at the start and he's involved. Like, he out. like T-bones a tractor on the way to the track. <laughs> like he's <laughs> Sean, they went from 30th in DVOA 2018 to 5th. 2000 overall, 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 overall DBA. So it, it feels like you got to pull back a little bit on this 49ers team. I didn't like the Buckner trade. And for me, I don't like when you have a dominant unit, breaking that unit up, like that defensive line with Buckner and Bosa, it was just awesome. And, and I think that's really how they, they dominated was having a strong defensive line. It feels a bit like they're underselling it. At least, you know, it, you, it, they've drafted Kinlaw who I like. A lot of things went well last year for that defense, but you know, just like any great defense, it starts up front. And if if it's if you have a guy like Buckner, it really starts in the middle. Yes, Bosa is is a god as well. Yeah, rookie of the year, had an awesome season. He's amazing, but but Buckner was most likely the key player on the field at most times. So now, sure, on paper, Kinlaw drops right in, but does he? Yeah, I don't know. And he's a rookie, and you just had the rookie of the year in Nick Bosa. Can you strike 
gold once again. We'll see. And the, and the defense, Warren Sharp pointed out, had some non-obvious flaws on 52 early down attempts in the 49ers red zone. Opposing quarterbacks were not sacked once and had a 15 to one touchdown to interception ratio. So there were there were some flaws in this defense, which well, and you, you look I, at their team and think like, oh, awesome defense, case closed. Well, when you're when you're the uh, second defense, but you have the ninth red zone defense, that is that is an indicator where you said, oh, okay, maybe there's something there. But really, it's about the fact that they jumped from a, a team that had a positive defensive DVOA to a negative one, and it was a big jump, and it was a big jump on offense and defense. And while we know that defense tends to have more variance year to year. The data suggests that the fact that they boomerang, they swung so the pendulum swung so hard the other way for this team that that without any sense of what this team is, what the players on this team think they can accomplish, how good you think Jimmy G is, you're immediately coming to the table with a fade position on them. Yeah. And then when you look at the fact that, oh shit. Like, what if Buckner did matter? That that could be a problem. Now we got to get a bunch of guys who are getting close to wanting to get paid. And then Debo Samuel on the offensive side had a Jones fracture in his foot. Emmanuel so, Sanders, very professional wide receiver. D- did he matter? Will Debo San or or will they just pen, you know have these these young guys? Do a bunch of Zoom shit and build chemistry with Jimmy G. And Ayuk, I, I like the pick. I think he's he could be solid, but is he going to be a contributor right away? Maybe. I'm they curious. Also, they also still have Kittle, who apparently everyone lo- loves. He's that pretty guy. good. Does Sharp like the the <laughs> Niners this year, or he thinks they're going to regress pretty hard as I well? Even though he loves Shanahan, I think he's still high on them. Interesting. I mean, I think the the difference is Shanahan. One one interesting thing that I I pulled out of the chapter in the Outsiders is that Shanahan was the twenty seventh most aggressive coach. Which I would have guessed he would be much higher. I would guess he'd be much more uh, willing to take advantage of those fourth and short on the other side of the field and things like that. But he wasn't. Why wasn't he, Sean? Because he doesn't believe in Jimmy G either. I I think this team had a perfect season. And, and they fell short. And I don't think, I don't think there's any other position here. We're going to walk through the schedule, but I don't think there's any way for me to get overly optimistic because even if I don't think the defense is going to take a massive step back, the offense will and vice versa. So I, I while there isn't really a data point in the history of the NFL, or at least in the last 30 years, however long the outsider has been collecting data to, to match here. It, it just seems so obvious that I would feel like a fucking idiot to do anything, but take under 10 and a half. <laughs> well, and, and Warren sharp, who seems like higher than, uh, than at least us on this 49ers team, they're, they're projecting them at 10 and a half. And that to me almost feels like a best case scenario. And that's what their win total set at. So to get over that, mm, they are, I mean, objectively Warren sharp, would jam his his mustache up Kyle Shanahan. He's a very grungle. big, very big Kyle Shanahan fan. But uh, this division still should be pretty competitive. So to have two teams that are going to be over eleven wins is a big ask. I think the the thir- since nineteen eighty six, the thirty nine teams to increase on offense by twenty to twenty five percent regressed by an average of nine point two percent. They got worse. Yeah. So the, defense, I think, the 15 defenses that progressed or regressed in a positive sense by 22 to 27% in defensive DVOA, 
they regressed by an average of 8.7%. They got worse. So even if they're like top 10 DVOA, it's, it's hard to be 10th in DVOA and go 11 and five. I like think there's the bar is just so high I, for I, this. Team. I think this team could have a good season, but if, all right. So if the offense, if the defense drops to number 10 and the offense drops back down to what were they last year? Seventh, they dropped back down to slightly below average. Now we're not talking about a top five team DVOA. We're talking about a team in the 10 to 15 range, which is okay. Which is nine and right, seven. It's right in between where they were. Let's go through the schedule, Sean. Let's do it. Which by the way, that the whole print, the whole principle of like the, the pendulum swinging and teams generally regress back towards the norm. Uh, Shout out to Bill James, Sean. You, you're big Bill, Bill James guy, right? Oh, love it. Arizona at Jets at Giants. Oh, tough stretch. Will they be staying on the East Coast here? <laughs> and then Philly at home. That's a prime time game for the Eagles, so that favors them on the West Coast. I'm gonna say two and two. I, I don't know. I'm kind of almost implying that they win maybe one of those or lose one of those Jets Giants games. I'm not high on either of those, but I'll say two and two. Man, I want to I want to go high on them and see what happens. I think they win the home games, they split the road games. Let's go three and one. You're probably right though. Two and two sounds better. Miami at home. Wow, their their schedule's front loaded. Rams at home at New England at Seattle. They got they're gonna be they're gonna feel good if they can get through this two and two. Yeah, I'll go two and two. Green Bay on a Thursday at home at New Orleans by week at Rams Buffalo at home Oof. two and two. Now I think that I I'll mean between two two. all those teams are solid. Like even though we were kind of down on the Rams in Los Angeles, that's a tough game. I Bills think the division are, beats them. I think the West tends to beat each other up. So yeah, Bills are scrappy, uh, and then in in New Orleans on the short week. Let's, although they they have a uh, do they have a buy in there between. They what have a buy after New Orleans. So yeah, they have they have uh, short week is Green Bay. So they okay. have Green Bay at home on oh, a short yeah, week. Oh yeah, okay. So they have that mini buy, but still in New Orleans that's tough. And then the Packers, they're always kind of in the mix. I, I think yeah, two and two makes sense here. Yeah, let's let's fire Washington at home at Dallas at Arizona on Saturday. See that at Dallas at Arizona stretch is going to be tricky. And then Seattle at home to close out the season. I think they finish decently strong. I'll two give them two. three and one. I'm going two and two. Uh, we both have them going nine and seven, Sean. Nine and seven feels right, man. Like it, it just feels right. And even at nine and seven, you have a you got a nice cushion. That's okay. a one and you know a half what? game. You said that Warren Sharp had him going ten and a half. Yeah. What All are right. the what are the nerds over a football outsiders eight, have to eight, say? Eight point four. Wow, that's a pretty big uh, discrepancy. Uh, I understand uh, why Warren Sharp would like them more than I think Warren Sharp pours more value into subjective areas. Like he values Shanahan and his ability to coach offense, for example. And I think the Football Outsiders are just nerds that look at numbers. Yeah. All right. So let's do it. Let's lock oh it up. Oh my God! Did did we get to two hours about the NFC? We're we're in trouble, Sean. When the NFC. Who cares? It's football. You're right. Two parter. So 49ers under. I like that. Seahawks I, over. I like that. This is boring. We we generally agree. I think on everything with it, with the exception of the Cardinals, and we're kind of really close on that one. We think they're going to be a a decent team. So 
I, as far as other plays, I like. Um, what is the Niners to miss the playoffs? Plus three hundred. I got that in there. Interesting. Niners no playoffs. Plus three hundred. Give me a taste of that. Uh, that's cute. I think that's getting too cute. Uh, There's seventeen. You got to get year. a little cute, Ryan. You got to have some hot takes. All right. Division plus two fifty. Uh, for the Seahawks and Seahawks to make the playoffs minus one sixty. Yeah, so I'm going Seahawks to win the division plus two fifty, make the playoffs one minus one sixty. I'm definitely going to tell you to take the. Are you calling out which win totals you like the best? Yeah, I did that by okay. saying 49ers under, Seahawks over. Keep it simple. See, I, I, I I'm actually going to go a different route here. I'm going to say Rams under, Seahawks mm-hmm. over. Yeah, and I, I don't mind that Rams one. I just think ten and a half is so high. And gun to my head, it's always nice to just kind of like fade the super high unders. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're or, right. I I'll, can I give out a third? Is that legal? No, you can't give out three locks on a four pick podcast, Kramer. I feel good about these picks. I feel great about. I them. might maybe I'll be passing some other divisions, Sean. You can't pass. This is <laughs> this is a podcast. Tag digits only. Awesome, awesome time. Well, since you owe me a bunch of units, yeah, same I, units, I would so. suggest taking some of those units and putting them on the under for the Niners as well. Sim units, of course. Make sure. Oh, no. <laughs> well, come on. They, you know, if you win them in the sim world, you got to cash them in on the sim world. Oh, here we go. Make sure you check out the NBA gambling podcast feed. Throw that into mm. Apple podcast, Spotify, and the soccer gambling mm-hmm. podcast. Again, Apple, Spotify, well, Sean champions league going on right now. Europa league going on. Oh, you right don't now. need to tell me about Europa league. Mm. Actually do. And of course, college experience, mm. Coley Dan <laughs> white knuckling it till the finish here. Hopefully Just broke down the sec schedule. Uh, we're going to be dropping tons of episodes this week. Uh, and, and this is five, We're going to be finishing the power five. It's easy to be negative, but also this is a wild time for college football. See what what things happen. See where things shake out. You want to subscribe to the College Experience and uh, hear Colby break it all down. And we have a new show coming to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network this week. Uh, Probably either maybe you're listening to this on Tuesday, maybe Monday, but this show we're going to be dropping it Tuesday night. About that action. About that action. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So much content, and I'm sure we'll have a uh, a fight show to cover the UFC card coming up this weekend. So, thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. I love you, Russ Kramer. Let it ride.